Welcome to Living Water Radio. What does it mean to say that something is holy? And what does that have to do with everything that is missing in our culture? Today, we're going to find out. My name is Pastor David Burkettall. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is an ordained minister focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California, and in San Dimas, California, for over 40 years. Today, I'm serving part-time in Monterey Park, California, maintaining our yard as my gym, and I'm active as a volunteer in the leadership of the more than 100 Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregations in our area. We are retired clergy and have over 80 years of ordained ministry experience between the two of us. Check out our first Living Water Radio podcast, number zero, Welcome and Introduction, for more information about us and this podcast. This coming Sunday is All Saints Sunday for millions of Christians around the globe. I want to start with a word about the World Series. The Houston Astros and the Philadelphia Phillies are playing, and I think I am safe in saying that most Los Angeles Dodgers fans are rooting for the Phillies. Why? Because the Astros are cheaters. They cheated to beat the Dodgers in the 2017 World Series, and they received very little in negative consequences. They continued to cheat into the 2018 season, and nothing bad happened as a result. It's not fair. Cheaters deserve to be punished or at least be required to do good to make up for the bad. Here's the problem, though. When it comes to sin, we all have sinned and we deserve only punishment. God's response, though, is the cross. God offers grace. We can't make up for what we've done. We don't even know the full reach of all that we have done. All we can do is to turn around, to repent, to experience the gift of God that enables us to experience new life because of God and live the Christian life in response to God's action with gratitude. Martin Luther, the 16th century church reformer, said that Christians are, at the same time, saints and sinners. We are sinners by our rejection of God, and we are saints because of the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. We are sinners and God is holy, yet God has called us to be his saints. How can this happen except from God? God who is holy, God who is outside of creation as its creator, yet intimately involved in it. Nothing would exist if God did not exist. God created everything out of nothing. This is not God's superpower. This is God's nature. God is wholly other. God is divine. Yet much of the world acts as if God is a creation of the world. That and Jesus' answer is at the heart of the reading from the Gospel of John for this coming Sunday, All Saints Sunday. All Saints Day is always November 1st. All Saints Sunday is the first Sunday after All Saints Day. Are you Roman Catholic or Anglican or Episcopalian or a member of any of the many Orthodox churches? Then you might say that All Saints Sunday is a day to honor the saints. That is, all people who the church has recognized as those whose lives were and are divinely empowered and set apart to illustrate the power of God in a special way. So these Christians might refer to those recognized saints as St. Francis of Assisi or St. Joan of Arc. Santa Monica, or San Dimas, depending on their primary languages. 
Are you a Lutheran or a Baptist or a Methodist or a member of a non-historical church or any of the dozens of Protestant or Pentecostal denominations? Then you might say that All Saints Sunday is a day to honor all the saints, that is, all baptized believing Christians of all time. You might point to passages in the Bible, such as where Paul writes in his first letter to the church at Corinth, chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, Paul called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, together with all those who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Or in Romans chapter 1, verse 7, To all God's beloved in Rome who are called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Or in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Martin Luther believed that we are all saints because we have been made righteous through faith by God's grace and in baptism. Only those mentioned and described in the Bible as part of the history of salvation could be given the honorific title of saint. So we say St. Matthew and St. Luke, but just Francis and Joan. You know those round glowing things above the heads of certain people in Christian art? That's right, halos. They are there to show that the person under them or in front of them is a saint or holy or hallowed as in hallowed be thy name. They were and are called holy only by the grace of God. All Saints Day was once called, therefore, All Hallows Day. The night before this day was All Hallows Eve, shortened over time to Halloween. People during this time in the Middle Ages believed that the forces that defy God were allowed to come out on the night before All Hallows' Day to try to scare Christians. Christians would dress up to mock them and to mock-scare each other because they had nothing to fear from them. Those forces were then required to return to whatever hole they came out of at midnight because that was the beginning of All Saints' Day. The customs of our celebration of Halloween have been rooted in the belief of a time in Europe when people who had been saved were moving out of paganism and were seeing the world with a Christian worldview. Elements of pagan rites to appease the Lord of Death and evil spirits at the end of the summer were being recast as a festival of life. Dressing up as evil spirits to disguise themselves and hide from them was becoming dressing up as evil spirits to mock them. They were mocked in those days. Today, in our secular society, people celebrate them, pretending that scary things are fun. I think that many non-Christian people make Halloween into a fun, scary holiday because they want to mock God. They want to show that they aren't scared because they don't believe in any of it. Yet, some people are frightened especially when left alone. That is our toddler spirituality. If I can't see it, then it doesn't exist. If I can't think of a reason to do something, then I don't have to do it. If I don't know a reason to believe something, then there is no reason to believe it. For 
We who are being saved, however, God is divine and therefore holy. God is what is real. And as science fiction author Philip Dick has said, reality is that which, when you stop believing in it, doesn't go away. Christianity is not something people made up. It is reality. It is reality itself. That's why the gospel text for this Sunday is so important in our present time. Early in Jesus' public ministry, Jesus says this to the crowds that have gathered to hear him in Luke chapter 6, verses 20 through 26. Then he looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. Whatever the world says, Jesus says that the reality of this world is that it is the poor, the hungry, those who are weeping, hated, excluded, reviled, and defamed because of their relationship of faith with Jesus, who are the ones who should rejoice those who are rich, full, laughing, those who the people of this world speak well of, are the ones who should be worried. Why? Because the people who come the closest to the holiness of God are those who draw near to God. They have nowhere else to go. They know that they can have no confidence in this life. They are most likely to know that they need a Savior, a living relationship with the one true holy God. Those who are independent, self-sufficient, who think that they have no need of anything outside themselves, much less outside this world, who are the rising numbers of people in our Western culture, are the most likely to believe that there is nothing that they need outside of themselves, and therefore do not turn to God. We see the difference between the two in Jesus' words about what that dependence upon God's holiness would look like, and how we see just the opposite more and more in our world. In the words of Jesus that conclude this passage in Luke chapter 6, verses 27 through 31. But I say to you that listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, Offer the other also, and from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you, and if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Near the end of his book, Bad Religion, Ross Duthat observes that the Christian Church has been in decline several times in its history, and two things have brought it back holy living, and the arts. I think that our churches need to provide an alternative to the world around them in order to thrive, and that is the only reason that they should. They need to demonstrate a holy alternative in the presence of the one true holy God.
A self-centered spirituality won't. Neither will be identifying with the kind of political power we prefer. Organizing to use our numbers as leverage to change society won't either. Success, power, and prosperity will only hurt us unless we define all those things in the transformational power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the one holy God to make all things new. Let us live not by our own efforts or strength, but wholly relying on the transforming power of the one true living God. Let us live as the body of Christ and invite others to do the same, to join us in this adventure. Let us be led and defined by the holiness of God among all God's saints. Today, let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at therevsdavidandsally at gmail.com or send us a tweet to at David Burkadal and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to either of the same addresses and we'll include them next time. Send your comments, questions, and concerns there as well and we'll respond to every one. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated, to open your heart to receive the living water from the source, God's self the living presence of the one true living God, the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Pray about it and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it. Contact the pastor. When you have a church, go to or tune into the worship services they have available and support your church with your time, your treasure, and your talent. Pray for and support your pastor and church leaders as they seek to do God's will for your congregation. If you are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody. Contact a friend or a relative. Google a local or national hotline. Reach out. There are people around you who will walk with you through this dark time into the light. You are not alone. Wear a mask when you're outside your home, practice social distancing, wash or sanitize your hands regularly, avoid crowds if you can, and be outside if you have to be in a crowd. But most importantly, get your vaccines and boosters. It's the one thing you can do to literally save lives and get us back on track. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with. Everyone you meet today struggles in some way. Be a helper and encourager. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together as we move into the new normal. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated. Stay hydrated.